two village idiots with a love-hate relationship. See, you got fat. So you still look like a 15-year-old girl, but not hot. Who can't stop arguing over Oklahoma sports. You know what, man? Why am I still talking to you? Come on, we were doing good there, man. It's the Just Okay Sports Podcast. Sooner Nation, Thunder Nation, we are back. This is the Just Okay Sports Podcast. That is Just Oklahoma Sports Podcast. Point Village, it's Daryl. And look, we have live with us in studio, a.k.a. a kid's playroom upstairs yeah. in my house. Yeah, my niece and nephew's toys scattered amongst us. I'm sitting on a chair made out of plywood, I think. I don't know. <laughs> this is very well set up. Very well set up. It's an amazing studio. I'm glad you had me on set today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so glad we were able to yeah. fly you in for this. This yeah. is uh this is great. Well this we'll is... just bill it to Sirius XM whenever they get our pod uh, on on a you know college XM radio. Whatever. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh we don't really like I feel like with you traveling here, we can't do a Florida man story. But what I think we can do is a spreading people out on the plane and still communicating to one another story. How about that? Yeah, so um I flew in, which Obviously, we're recording this on Wednesday, and so it's middle of the week. So, like, the planes were empty. Like, my flight from Orlando to Houston was—I want to say they were—they said there was like forty-five people on the plane out of a hundred and whatever seats. Right, right. So, like, not even every row was filled up. Um, and they said that the only rule was is like when you have that few people or whatever, it's like they don't want everybody at the very front of the plane or the very back of the plane because of the weight and all that. So they were like, they're like, we can only have so many people in the first ten rows and the last ten rows. Cool. But like the whole middle section of the plane, it's like you everybody could have sat across the wings, like where the wings are. And um, this group came on. There was about probably 10 of them. And instead of them sitting together to where they could communicate effectively with their inside voice, because I feel like I was dealing with toddlers. Um, they decided that they were going to spread out amongst the plane and then literally stand like as soon as the, the seatbelt thing came off, like the seatbelt light. They were like standing up yelling across the plane. And let me put it this way. I had noise canceling earbuds in the, the engines that I was sitting right next to the engine was right there. Right. Canceled out. Fine. Could just hear a slight hum. I could hear them yelling across the plane. And the stewardesses kept being like, this is like a 45 passenger flight. Please shut up. And like, I, it was just a whole deal. And I was like, I'm never flying in the middle of the week again. It was nice to be, in a basically empty plane, you know, I felt like I was on a, a, a PJ, a private jet. Yeah. But I was like, bro, like wh- who does that? Who yeah. does that? Right. So um, that was my experience. And then I got a four hour layover in Houston um, and then got to have a child sit behind me. That was my seat vibrator for the entire flight from Houston to Oklahoma. So right. luckily that was only like an hour. That's flight. really kind of him. That's yeah. really great that he was, yeah, it was really cool. Free massage, massage uh, chair service. So. Loosen the back up a little bit there, but all that to say, so we are now going to talk a little bit of more this week, Oklahoma football, because there is a game upcoming and should be a much, uh, much, much more strenuous game. I would say than 73 zero was last week. Um, as SMU comes to town, who played Louisiana tech last week and won 38 to 14, although it should be noted, it was 31 to zero. Uh, 31-0 at the half, um, so it definitely feels like uh, they kind of went on a little bit of cruise control, kind of 
Start with you, Jared. Start with you. You're the only one other one here that yeah. didn't even make sense. Yeah, but... Troy was too good for us. So. <laughs> yeah, he, he had a draft he had to take yeah. care of. So, anyways, y'all can hit him up on social medias and let him know that you hate him forever. Uh, anything, like, what kind of your overall, before we kind of get in the weeds a little bit of this game, how do you feel about this game going into it on Saturday? It's it's on it's gonna be a sneaky good game, I think. Uh I think SC is a lot better than people realize, especially we even did together today, did a little bit of film film session and then you know, watched a little bit of the game against Law Tech, which it's hard to say because Law Tech does not look like a very disciplined team or physically talented team. So again, but again, looking at the roster, all of those other things. I think it's a great measuring stick, though. I think like this is a very good early test. Because when you look at OU's schedule, for one, it's pretty light. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. Like yeah. outside of Texas, and I'm going to put Oklahoma State in that category, even though they had a disaster of a first game. I, I'm not. I'm not putting them in. Okay. That. Well, the thing about OSU is it's they're the team that year that they were should not have been eligible, eligible, and they ended up beating OU and Norman to be bowl eligible. Sometimes they pull something out of their hats, but that's what I'm saying. Those like the, if I'm going to circle two games on the schedule, probably going to be just because of rivalry, right? Like not because they're Texas's talent is crazy. Now, folks, not. as much as y'all all tell me how stupid I am, let's remind ourselves that OU and OSU is not a rivalry because it's like 85 okay. to four. It's a rivalry to them. <laughs> okay, I, that, I'm just going to leave it that, but. Um, anyways, this is gonna be a good measuring stick because Arkansas State is not gonna be right, we're, we're not gonna be able to read much into that. It was great to see 73 nothing, it was great to see that we got a shutout, it was great to see that they played 87 people. There's a lot to try to glean from that, but mm. it's not gonna mean anything if we go against SMU and it's the scores 21 20 or mm-hmm. whatever, right? So, I think it, being the second week of the season, there's still going to be some freshness. There's still going to be, I don't think we're going to still, I still think we're going to see a lot of vanilla stuff, but we're going to see the dial turned a little bit. Yeah. I, and I am kind of a little bit farther even than you. I think that SMU is going to be maybe the somewhere from the third to fifth hardest game that they play this year. Um, I would know. I would, I would I, disagree with that. And I mean, they, they have talent. When you watch the game last week, they have speed, they have athleticism. The defensive front seven is very aggressive, and they are doing everything they can to create pressure and havoc in the backfield, which they did. As a matter of fact, I believe they're in the top five in the nation after racking up seven sacks last week. Now, was it Louisiana Tech? Yes, it was. But, like, again, folks, if we're going to play that game, then OU played terrible last week because they played Arkansas State and only won 73 to nothing, right? Like, it's they still played the opponent in front of them. They still got the the plays that they needed to, and you can see it on tape. They they are disruptive up front, and they have talent there. Um, offensively, their skill positions are going to be right there with anybody else that we play throughout the entire year. So I think, obviously, they're going to try to hold back as much as they can, but the playbook is going to be in full effect this week. I believe that BV is going to give them the full thing, hoping that everything goes the way that they they want it to go, and he's able to hold back some. But it's going to be possible to to unload the tank uh, on this thing, um, and so I think this is a, I think this is an awesome test at this point in the year to really see where this team is. I think you had a great warm up last week. You didn't have a ton of offsides. You didn't have a ton of holding like those dumb things, right? That happened in week one. They played a very clean, efficient game. You play eighty seven guys. 
It doesn't fall off the whole way down the roster. They 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 could have named their score right last week, but this one they're gonna have to. They can't screw up. That you can't have busts well, in this and, game. And, and the positive we have is this is gonna be a night game somehow, uh, or semi night. I guess it's a five p.m. kickoff. It's a, it's a uh, sunset game. Sunset How about game. that? Yeah. So the second half will probably be somewhat in the dark. I guess mm-hmm. maybe. Um, and they're doing Strike the Stadium. I don't know if you saw that. They're... I just heard that. I yeah. didn't realize that they were till yeah, today. So I'm actually going to go buy a shirt because I only brought two of my OU shirts that are white and we're sitting at an even number. <laughs> so I can go buy a red shirt, um, which is fine. It's, you know, can't ever have enough OU merch. But um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 that, that game that's going to be very early on. Like you said, it's going to be a good test. Uh, and I do think you're going to see this is, I don't feel like this is going to be a game where you're going to see 87 people play, right? No, like you're not no. going to see, I think you're going to see the starters the whole game potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, and I, and I mean this with a, I mean, respect to SMU, like they could easily, if they come out and this is one of those teams that could come out, like, um, uh, I don't even want to bring up teams. Everybody will know that's an OU fan. I don't want to go through the trauma again of the teams that have come out that, oh, you had, should not have lost to ended mm-hmm. up losing to. Well, I mean, I think of – I'm trying to think of what year that would have been. That would have been oh, oh 05. I believe it was oh 05 that TCU came to Norman mm-hmm. uh, with Gary Patterson kind of early on in his tenure there and beat OU mm-hmm. in. And the only reason I remember that is I was on my anniversary. It was my anniversary. We went on a trip for that, and I actually went and found a TV to sit and watch that game and watch yeah, OU was... lose uh, to TCU. But I – I feel like this game is very similar. Let us give you some a, a little bit of a breakdown of the roster, and then we'll kind of go into maybe some players to watch, right? But you may know some of these names. We talked about it last week. Corey Roberson, friend of the pod, still still number one in our – well, not number one in our hearts, but we love Corey. Had a great – had a thick pick six last week for SMU. Literally tipped the ball to himself, took it all the way to the house. He has transferred there. Jordan Hudson is a name that if you follow recruiting, you should know. He was actually on the verge of committing to OU, went to TCU, is now transferred there. Caleb Johnson is an offensive tackle who is a transfer from Notre Dame. Kyron Chambers was a four-star, 90-rated uh, defensive back, I believe, that transferred there from Miami. Uh, Micah Hills is a Texas State transfer. Um, you have got... Ja'Kai Clark, who is a transfer from Miami, was a three-star out of high school. Um, you have four-star, 92-rated Romello Brinson, who also went to Miami, who has transferred there. Logan Pars, an interior offensive lineman, who is a four-star, 90-rating from Texas, who has transferred into there. Um, P.J. Williams is an offensive tackle, who is a four-star, 95-rating uh, out of high school A&M commit, who transferred in. And then you've got some names that we know. Kamar Wheaton has transferred to SMU. LJ Johnson, who is a four verse, uh, four fringe five star guy. Remember, LJ Johnson was a guy that DeMarco Murray was desperately trying to get to OU and instead went to AM. So this is no, no slouch, right? That's coming in uh from over there. Jordan Miller's a defensive lineman, 6'4, 330 pound, was a Miami commit who has transferred in. This is the big one. Elijah Roberts. Keep an, a, keep an eye on this one. Elijah Roberts is a edge. 6'4", 267, was a four-star Miami commit transfer over. And then Jalen Knighton is the last one. Was a guy who played a lot at running back last week. 93 rating out of high school, four-star. I mean, you start going to 
four star, four star, four star, 93, well, 94. I mean, and this is like the year of the coming out of the transfer teams. Like right. you have Colorado, obviously, that we talked about uh, in the last pod. Uh, you know, even Texas State, I didn't realize Texas State was in the same boat that they had a lot of guys from major mm-hmm. power five programs um, and things like that. It's these teams can sneak up on you because mm-hmm. like you look at that roster. And it's like if you started listing that name off and you were just going up here recruiting ranking, right. you'd be like, this is a top 25 team. Yeah. Um. So, you know, we'll see how it, it plays out. I mean, I do think I, I still feel I know we're going to get this a little bit, but uh, I still feel like you should win. But. Like you said, this is not going to be a cakewalk. This is not no the uh, you know it's not going to be seventy three nothing. Like you said, so no, 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 absolutely not. So, um, just some highlights from last week. L.J. Johnson, the guy that we mentioned from A and M, the transfer, had fourteen carries for one hundred and twenty eight yards last week. So that kind of shows you what they've got. The Jalen Knighton kid played a lot at running back as well. They used him early and often. And he probably had, in that quarter and a half or so that you and I watched together, he had about two or three runs where it's kind of a shoestring, you know, swipe the foot, knock him down. But if he keeps his feet, he's to the house. I mean, and that's – I will say that about Knighton. Of him and LJ, Knighton's the one that kind of worries me because if he gets a crease and somebody doesn't hit that run fit well in BV's system, he will take it to the house. And it's going to quiet that stadium quickly. And and again, like I – I'm going to get your take on this because I feel like watching the film that we did watch, this is going to be – I'm much more worried about their run game than I am their pass game. Their quarterback yep. looks – their quarterback looks decent. Yeah. You know, but he didn't look phenomenal. He didn't look like – there was a lot of passes that I saw him miss. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's like I said, these guys – like you said, these – they've got some running backs on that roster that we saw, like I said, that it's like a shoestring. If mm-hmm. they don't – if they don't do that, then there's no way that they're stopping him from going to the house. Yeah, I mean – I thought their quarterback played under control. I felt like he played in command of the system, but I would agree. He, I would say it this way. I don't want to go – gunslinger I feel like is too far, but he definitely had some throws that were – it's one-on-one, but the coverage is good, and I don't care. I'm going to go throw the ball in there anyway. Um, and then he had a couple where there was some double coverage and some other things that he kind of put the ball – I mean, early in that game, he actually threw a ball that should have been a pick mm-hmm. um, that was dropped. Um, now again, what that is or whatnot, but you gotta, when you see those things gives me hope that BV can disguise some things and confuse him a little bit possibly. Right. right? But you also got to remember one of those receivers is Jordan Hudson, who was their leading receiver last week. Jordan Hudson coming out of high school. I loved, I loved it. Big, strong, fast, physical, good hands. He's going to be a test for the for the defensive backfield. No, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, and I'm not trying to dismiss their passing. I just think their run game is going to be yes. the much more formidable thing to to watch for. And and you and I both complimented on. And again, not trying to pile on, but I'm just saying we talked about a little bit in our review. You you saw flashes of guys, mm-hmm. right? Pancaking, knocking back, doing that. You did not see a lot last week against Arkansas State where you saw our whole entire offensive line just come off the ball and push back. We saw multiple plays against Louisiana Tech where their line snapped the ball and you literally see the whole D-line of Louisiana Tech pop back two yards. I mean, we looked at one play and give credit to Louisiana Tech. They didn't move from their gap, but they did move backwards, right? And it's a three- and four-yard gain, not because people misfit anything, but just simply the sheer push the and was. will, right? Like it, 
their offensive line is really good. I, I, I would say it's a good offensive line that we're going to face. I, I would, I would, the way I would characterize OU's line in comparison is right now, they have a lot of guys that, you know, I keep using the term this year, bring your lunch pail sort of guys that are going to knock you off the ball. OU has that at moments right now, right now that I, I think everybody, my, my honest take, and there's, we've talked about this and I don't want to stir a whole hornet's nest. There's a couple of guys that I'm probably not quite as sold on, but there's probably every one of them I would say has that potential mm-hmm. to physically be that, to go knock people off the ball yeah. and be dominant. And they just have to do that uh, on every play. Yeah. Um. So, but they had, that's what SMU from what we saw again, we didn't, I didn't get to watch. I watched a little bit more of uh, more than you this evening. Um. But I, I, you know, I don't think that OU is just quite there um, yet to the level that SMU even is, yeah. which is weird to say. Yeah. I think they're much, very much a, we're going to try to bully you. Yeah. And, and it'll be interesting. I mean, I think it's pretty clear based off last week, but here's one thing I find interesting from the defensive perspective. There are two guys that I'm really wanting to keep an eye on it, it, from a player standpoint, mm-hmm. right? One is going to be Gentry Williams. Right. Because I do believe that Jordan Hudson is legitimately very talented. Mm-hmm. And I am curious if they're going to set up some scenarios where they try to get a one-on-one with Gentry just because he's a sophomore. This is his first year to really be getting snaps, right? Like, if I'm the offensive coordinator, I want to test that. I know he's big. Well, I know he's physical. I know he can run. But I want to see if you can truly play your position. We'll right? see. I, like, I think... And again, I don't. I guess I don't have the, the OU schedule right because I'm trying to think of who else we play between now and Texas. But good chance that he's the best receiver you're going to face physically between now and Xavier. Yeah. And it, as much as I hate to say it, Xavier is probably one of the best receivers in college football right now. Uh, there's no question. He um, is. Like, I mean, he's yeah. he's top top five easy. Yeah. Um, and so to be able to see uh, Jordan Hudson, I don't think it's that level personally obviously yet but he's going to be the best he's gonna be the best benchmark you're going to be able to see yeah. between now and then so um yeah i mean i like you said i think i physically like it's it's the same that we've been talking about now they have athletes SU has these guys it's like they're not three and four stars or five stars even sometimes because they're, they're nice people like they're physically talented right so we're going to actually see some athletes that's something that Arkansas State didn't have. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of, honestly, a lot of teams are going to play, play between now. Like I said, everybody needs to start circling Texas. Yeah. If this is going to be a team that's going to make a run at something special or even a Big 12 title, to be honest with you right now, the the, the three teams that we've talked about is Texas and Kansas State and OU are the ones that right now look the most uh, formidable in the Big 12. I guess you could throw UCF in there. I'm not going to because <laughs> – I think there's some teams that have the potential, but yes, those teams are at the top. So I think that that's the one guy I'm looking at. The second guy for me that I'm going to be watching on the defensive end is Jaron Kanick um, because of the run game. Um, Look, he showed some great flashes last week, but again, I'd say that same thing. He showed some flashes um, where you go, I see why they love him. He also had some moments where he still looked a little unsteady, a little unsure, a little slow to react. And again, we talked about this on the pod the other day. There were still a bunch of plays where you see Danny Stutzman and Jaron Kanick in the same gap. And usually, as the ball flows to a certain area, the one linebacker has a certain gap, right? And then the the other guy's taking a different area or a different angle, however you want to say that. And honestly, usually the setup is one, one linebacker's job is to kind of plug and cause something to spill one way or the other. 
and then the other linebackers going there, and you saw too much of them in the same area. I don't know who was wrong. It could have been Danny Stutzman. Right. I'm just going to go ahead and say, based off just experience level of being in the game and all those things, I'm going to go ahead and say that Jaron Canick was probably in the wrong more so. Now, the thing that's fascinating there is the other two guys that we thought played well at linebacker was Kobe McKenzie and Kip Lewis. Mm-hmm. I think Kip fits this game a little bit just because of the speed, and he seems to be in the right spot all the time. From a run game standpoint, I like Kobe better, but if they do open it up and throw with the athletes they have, I think there's still some question marks about how well he does drops and gets to space. Well, and, and I think that's why like my guy to watch is Danny Stutzman mm. because uh, you know last year he had a really bad problem at times of running past uh you know running through basically running through the hole or over over pursuing it yeah um and and we saw i actually saw that a couple of times during the arkansas state game now again it's arkansas state so it is what it is but again it's like you don't want to see those sorts of things so danny setsman's definitely a guy i'm in a circle and and i again he's the to me it's still when you look at bv's defenses throughout history danny setsman should be the guy that's the quarterback of the defense like he mm-hmm. should be the the linchpin um, so, you know, I've, I've definitely got him circled. Um, and then I, I honestly, like, again, we've talked about this a little bit and Peyton Bowen, I, I think Peyton Bowen is going to see a lot of playing time. Mm. Um, and I think he's a guy that's, I feel like this could be a game where he makes a statement that like, I know I'm a freshman, but I should play. That's what I'm hoping. That's my sunshine nice. pick of circling somebody on the roster. I like it. I like it. Moving to the offensive side for OU again, they're going to be facing a defensive front that does have a lot of talent, that does have side, that does have athleticism. Again, uh, we mentioned one of those transfers, 6'4", 330. Last week, your average was 280 on the defensive line for Arkansas State. That is not the case this week. From a pure athletic standpoint, it is going to be about seven levels higher, right? And then from a pure size standpoint, it's going to be about seven levels higher. So, This O-line cannot, and again, just to highlight some of the things that we saw last week, we saw plays with no touch, right, where Mm -hmm. where we talk about just guys just not not even finding someone to get to. We talked about guys blocking for a period of time. The play is still live. There is no whistle, and guys stopping in mid-block to just turn around and see what's going on. Like, that cannot happen, right? And we also saw guys with an average defensive line at 280 being knocked backwards. That cannot happen. Okay. So it is going to be interesting to see what that looks like this week for them. That is going to be the test. What I think we saw um, that is there for the taking, the RPO game was almost always available to Louisiana Tech. Their quarterback was not the most accurate. Um, and their receivers and, didn't necessarily get tons of separation, but the RPO game was there pretty consistently through that game if when, they wanted it. And, and you know, we we watched a couple of plays where there was times that he pulled the ball like way too early. So on you zone know, reads, on zone yeah. reads, and uh, even there was even an RPO that I was watching. Uh, I think it was in the second quarter, and uh, like he basically it's it's an RPO, but like he literally is trying to throw the ball to his receiver. Before like the running, like he has, he didn't even like hardly fake it, right? right? Like, um, and so it's, I don't know that LaTeX quarterback was that great, but, right. um, but yeah, I mean, you're gonna have to watch for those sorts of things, and I think, like you said, 
honestly, it's like when you look at this team, when you look at this OU team right now, based, again, off a small sample size, the skill positions look fine. Mm -hmm. But all those things are going to be predicated upon the offensive line. So, like, I'm very much with you. We're going to have to see guys that are going to, like, again, look at the great offensive lines throughout, not even at OU, look at Alabama Mm -hmm. or – Whatever it's Georgia, like, Georgia, yeah, yeah. You never saw Georgia. Georgia didn't go play Arkansas State and get pushed around at all, ever. right? Right, right. Like they probably put their four string in. They're still going to bully everybody. Yeah, we saw that against the OU. Like I said, I'm not going to try to say that. Oh, so and so was terrible the whole game. They had good plays. All of them did. Right, but again, it's just you have to be more consistent. So, um, yeah, I, I'm really want to see. I'm I'm praying for a very physical, a much more physical offensive line because mm-hmm. uh, that's what you're going to need. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think you need that. And then with that, with the RPO game, and again, I thought he did great last week, but Dylan Gabriel has to be able to throw over the middle to the slant route, to the quick crossers on target and on time, right? And and for me, I'm going to continue to say he needs to do it without trying to throw a 105-mile-an-hour fastball. Mm-hmm. Trust your accuracy Trust your receiver, put the ball where it needs to be, and let it go. Because when he tries to throw that hardcore fastball is when he sails it and it goes way over the head, and you're going to be opening yourself up to an opportunity for an interception, tip ball, those kinds of things. And so, But if I think if Dylan Gabriel can start consistently hitting that RPO, mm-hmm. that's going to help open the run game for you some more. It's going to help open some of those outside things that they like to do. Uh, that'll be very, very, very interesting to see what they do there. Yeah, I mean, I I think um, the the game's going to hinge a lot on Dylan Gabriel's play. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I mean that's an obvious statement to make. But you, like I said, there's going to be I think like I like I kind of alluded to earlier. You're going to see that dial on the creativity and all that. I think go up a little bit. I still mm-hmm. don't think you're going to play your whole hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, we don't have to. Right. Um, but again, that you're going to see. Last week was vanilla. Last week was uh, a scrimmage, right? Mm-hmm. So. This week, you're going to see a little bit more. And like I said, we need to see Dylan start making those reads at a little bit more complex of a mm-hmm. of a game plan, a little bit more complex of a play call. Um, because like I said, they have dudes. Like, you know, that's what I was even looking. I, you know, went back and was looking at stats from last game. And it's like, again, the skill positions are fine. Like you mm-hmm. have uh, Nick Anderson that even had, you know, I mean, Jaden Gibson, like how, like how many people have we seen that haven't really been able to get their really show out yet at mm-hmm. OU and they, they had really good plays and they had really good, they, they showed they have that potential. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we, they, he's got that, but Dylan's got to be the one that's right. going to feed that. Right. Yeah. I mean, a- absolutely. Um, that's going to be there. Um, the other thing that I think will be interesting to watch for me um, again, if I was game planning for this defense, right. Um, I do think there's a potential. I'm very interested to see if Gavin Sawchuck will play this game mm-hmm. because I believe the draw game and the screen game will be there for this because of how aggressive that front is. And that's why the RPO game was there so much. When they see run, they're coming, right? And the defensive line is almost always constantly firing off and coming. We saw the one play where it was a screen. It's There's space for days the quarterback gets antsy and ends up throwing the ball right at the feet of the running back before he's even turned his head around to look. But if he can pause and throw that ball, it's going for a major chunk yardage because they are just pinning their ears and coming for the quarterback every time. I think it'll be really interesting to see if he can be healthy and back. And then again, I thought Barnes showed some burst as well last week. So I think he could be helpful in that area, but I think that that's another area 
um, of this game that that's a potential that they can attack. So what about you? Is there anybody else that you're watching offensively? I, well, I mean, I, I, I've got one that I think, you know, especially after we watch some film on SMU, uh, I'm going to be circling pretty, pretty much all the tight ends. Um, mm-hmm. Especially Stogner, just because Stogner didn't have a catch last game. Right. He was very involved in blocking and all that. But I think with what we saw in film about SMU, with little we did get to see, there's there's that opportunity that you could feed, a, like you could slide a, a tight end back in behind That's the linebackers. That's and a really good call. There's a lot of open field there. Guys like Stogner have shown that they can make plays. So I've, Stogner's really a guy that I'm going to be watching out for. But even it's like, maybe we're wrong about Blake Smith. Maybe there's something there. Because, like, <laughs> I mean, he made it. He made a play. He got a catch. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't want to write him off. Um, he made a club catch in the spring game. I mean, the guys showing yeah. catch the ball, right, yeah. and get open. Well, and so. even, even like, you know, I've even said Cade McIntyre's a guy that needs to add weight. But it's like, maybe right now it's like, really, when I went back and watched his play, it's like he moves more like a receiver right now because he's the size of a receiver. Right. Um, so, um, you know, like I said, the whole tight end room, I'm, I'm anxious to see if With they're going to hands fractured, then that's going to kind of limit him, yeah. him out. So. Well, yeah, but it, just the tight ends as a whole, right. Yeah. I want to see if they do, if they draw up a little something where they feed somebody back behind, because that's the thing is they are very aggressive, but that leaves a lot of times the center of the field open. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to see them, uh, exploit that. So, I mean, the whole tight end room. And then, like you said, I want to see, um, uh, the running backs like i feel like this is going to be a game where you really got to start showing that you can like again it goes back to the offensive line but you're gonna have to run the ball and run the ball hard right. all day and Impose that's your will yeah and you're gonna have to give those body blows if you're gonna want to win this game and and win it big to where you just you control it yeah. um so yeah that's the two big groups to me um but i think like i said it's uh the defense is i, I think sb's defense is their biggest strength Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. I mean, they're, I think it's a very balanced football team for yeah. sure. And and one thing that as I'm looking back through my notes here to go back to the defensive end, um, it will be interesting to see how they do because we know this, right? BV tends to be such a perfectionist that he wants to see what's coming, make the call, yada, yada. They ran as fast or faster than OU did. Yeah, uh, in true. this game last week, their their pace of play is very fast. BV cannot be signaling stuff in at the at the final second and causing chaos. Like he taught, he has talked a lot about efficiency, the getting the call in the game, trusting the guys to make the adjustments that they need to make is is going to be at a premium. And then I would also say those guys have got to get off the field because with that pace, it makes it hard to substitute which means if they're out there for these super long paper cut drives like we were last year, they are going to be exhausted by the end of the game. Now, I know we could sub the next go round, but let's be honest. If it's 7-7, he's not going to want to pull Danny Stutzman out of that game, right? He's going to want to keep playing. He's not going to want to do – now, maybe this year he'll change that philosophy, but, like, I, I mean, I'm just speaking for me. Well, I'm not going to want to take my best players off the field oh, if yeah. I feel like a game's in flux, right? Yeah, so. it's it's uh, you. who do you want on the field when, when the game counts? and. And to the flip side of that, um, on the offensive side, I do want to see if it's if it's a closer game. Mm-hmm. I want to see us have better clock management. Mm-hmm. I want us to see have better game management as a whole. I don't want to see us go out and run fast and throw do three pass plays and then have to hand the back ball back over to right. the off uh, to or to SMU with only running twelve seconds off the clock or yep. whatever you know. Um, because that's something we really didn't test against Arkansas. Like, and people are like, "Well, we had better game management." It's like you should have. You were up yeah. seventy-three to nothing. You know that you're running the ball, right? Like, um, 
So I, I am interested to see that because I do think this is going to be a closer game. Yeah, I think so as well. All right, you got a prediction for the game in Norman. You'll be there live from Florida. We will be there. What yeah. do you think the score shall be this week? Uh, so I won Sunshine last week. <laughs> I'm going to go Sunshine this week. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm going to say not as Sunshine. Not as Sunshine. Uh, I'm going to go. By the way, do you want to know the, the spread? As what, is, I get what, is, what is the spread? 15 and a half OU. 15 and a half OU. Okay, I'll take the spread. Um, I'm going to go 38 to 13. Wow. You are, you're, you're, I see what you're doing here. You're defending your 14 points per game prediction prior to the year, which is not going to happen. But, uh, okay. I am not going to go that sunshine. I do think that this offense is clicking. They, they showed me something. And again, I do think the offensive line has to play well. I'm going to go ahead and be a little sunshine as well and say maybe, just maybe, they knew it was Arkansas State. And unfortunately, it was kind of the seniority guys that kind of slacked a lot last week, whereas the young guys or the guys that were new to OU trying to kind of prove themselves were the ones that played well, right? So maybe maybe that's what happened a little bit. That's what I'm going to I'm gonna lean towards, even though we've got – Four years of the other. Anyways, uh, I'm going to say that. I'm going to go 48. But I'm going to say 48-31. So still covering the spread, but I think that this offense is going to, I think they're going to give us some fits just in their pure athleticism and needing to adjust to that and the pace of play. I think that they put some points. I actually think that this game is maybe like a 21-20, 21-21 at half. I could see it being that. And then the second half, they make some adjustments, get things going, and and try to open up. That's, that's my wishful thinking of this. Um, but again, this is also a game that I circled when we crossovered with uh, Bud Berry, Bob, and Beer podcast. This is one of those games I've had circled that if they don't have their heads on straight, this is that game in the season that we go, how do we lose this game? And, you know, they're just, they're not realizing what it is that they're up against in SMU. Yeah. I mean, SMU is definitely going to be, like I said, this is a good, good measuring stick. I think after this game, we're going to have a lot more to talk about as far as what this team is and what this team could be. Um, I think, again, I still don't think we're going to be able to have that full conversation until October, but um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is, they're gonna have to bring their A game, yeah. um, and OU, in my opinion, OU should still win. Should still win handedly, but like again, this is this is that margin game of where you let something slide just a little bit, and all of a sudden the game's coming back to where it's yeah. They SVU could really play it into their hands. Well, look, look, it's it's the old adage of there's enough athleticism over there that if you let them hang around, then the belief and the hope factor grows. Mm. And the confidence factor grows. And if that happens, the other side starts to sweat a little bit, become unconfident, right? And then a snowball starts. And that's kind of how those upset games, that's how the Duke game goes, right? Like Clemson obviously moved the ball up and down the field, all but then a few fumbles, like just a few things. And all of a sudden Duke now is going, hey, we we can do this and look, that's it's, it. It's one of those things too. Like when you look at it, that's what's funny is I saw the people trying to roast Garrett Riley because you know, uh, Lincoln's his brother, whatever. And I was like, look guys, like they put up almost 500 yards of offense. Yeah. I was like, it wasn't that. I mean, they got down at the goal line 
three like, times or two or two or three times and fumbled the ball like within the five yards. Well, let's be clear. They did not punt the second half. Yeah. They did not punt. They kept turning the ball over. That was the problem. If they don't turn the ball over, it's not that they just run away winning that game, but that it's, game is is in their well, hands and, to and win. People, and people have to understand like how demoralizing it is to Clemson for like one of those drives, I think was like an 80 something yard drive. They get all the way down to like the three yard line. And then I the exchange, I don't know whose fault it was. I don't yeah. know if the, it was a weird thing. Fumble the ball though, and Duke picks it up. And you know, right. it's like we just went 80 yards and we got nothing. Right. Um, which again, the momentum right. does this. So again, like we're not trying to break down the Clemson Duke game, but that's just that's the recipe for this game, right? You start making those kinds of mistakes. Now all of a sudden you got to, you know, like last year, you throw a ball to Jaden Gibson when he's wide open and he just puts it on the turf because he doesn't want to watch it all the way in his hands. Well, now a third and eight that should be going for a touchdown goes in the dirt. Well, the other team now gets to go, Hey, we got to stop. Like we're, we're, we're good to go. That's how the snowball builds and, and you're in trouble. And this is the kind of game that this can, this is not, this is not one where you can screw up a whole bunch and and it's just going to be yeah, okay. Yeah, it's it's the margin thing. I'm yeah. saying like you have a very slim you have a much slimmer margin for error in Absolutely. this game. Absolutely. Um and so yeah, I mean it's going to be I think it's be a great game. It's stripe stripe the stadium. Mm-hmm. So apparently we'll have to go buy a shirt tomorrow. Um but you know, and I I'm actually excited. I'm actually excited yeah. because I haven't been I haven't been since they put the new lights in. So hopefully it gets dark enough that I can see the new <laughs> light shows and just see the new atmosphere. I don't think I've been. I think I've been to one game since they've done the outside the spring game. Oh. I think I've been to one game since they redid the the stadium. Yeah. Um. So I'm excited for that. But um. Yeah, like it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. Um. And I I'm very interested to see. Uh. Just like I said. This is going to be again the one thing that we didn't touch on too much is the mentality of this team. Yeah. Are they going to have that mentality? Because we saw under Lincoln where there was times where it's like they felt like they had that that name written across the front of their jersey or whatever. Or I'm a five star, a four star, so I can dominate these guys. And it was a lot closer game than it should have been. Right. I want to see BV change that culture of. I don't care. We're going to go dominate. You. Yeah. So, you know, he keeps saying how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. Yeah. And that's, we need to see that this week really quickly before we wrap up. There's another game this week. There's an Alabama, Texas game for oh, week yeah. two. Yeah. What are you thinking there? Oh man. I, I keep going back and forth. So like, obviously Texas did not look that great against rice. Right. Um, very slow to get going. Quinters did not look, really in command to me until the third quarter, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, which at that point it was 120. That's what, you know, it was, it was really funny. I I do want to, it, it was kind of hilarious because they're talking about like the, the uh, broadcast. During the, I think it was the second half, the sun had set enough that on the Texas side, they were in the shade. Right. And it was like 85 or 90 degrees, still hot. But on the other side of the field, it was still in the blazing sun, and it was 120 degrees on the field. There's whatever crazy, you know. It was like yeah. the differential was so insane. But yeah. you just tell the rice wore down. Um, but it's like this is one of those weird games for Texas where it's like, I, I hope this isn't true. I hope they get blown. I hope they get run out of the stadium. <laughs> but I feel like it's one of those games where like they get up for this game, and then they end up, you know, they catch Alabama being the confident ones, and they shock them. But mm. Honestly, I feel like it's going to be 
the former. I think it's going to be uh, I forget the, the Alabama quarterback's name just slipped my mind. Basically, Jalen Hurts 2.0. Mm. Um, looks really, really looked really, really good in his first game. Uh, and just I think I think Saban's getting back to some of his old ways. Maybe I'm hoping for them. Uh, so I I hope that they just absolutely dominate him. So that's how I'm feeling. I think it's going to be. I'm giving a score prediction. I'll go 45, 45, 20. Wow. Okay. All right. I think it's going to be a low scoring affair. Personally, okay. I think that Quinn Ewers is a little overhyped. I think they kept it very vanilla last week, like everybody else. And I think Alabama did the exact same. They weren't trying to put anything out there. But you got to play in Tuscaloosa. That environment's going to be insane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all those things. But I'm going to give this prediction. It is going to be a very tight ball game in which Malik Murphy makes an appearance to try to give a little bump to the Texas offense. It is to no avail. It is going to be a defensive war because Nick Saban Just- is going to scheme like crazy to shut this game down. There is no overlooking this because Alabama has been disrespected by being picked fourth in the country or whatever it is right now. Um, but I think this game is going to be like a 21 to 18 final game, very tight, very close, but a defensive struggle till late in the game. And Quinn Ewers gives up his job. To right the end. It'll be fine. Uh, that could, uh, yeah, I could, but let's be real. He's not that good. So they're going with Malik yeah. and Malik looked legit in their spring game. And I do think he'll give Alabama some fits with his legs and his arm and, yeah, I, I think around. it's going to be. I don't, I, you know, I it could be very well be a good game. I hope it's in a way. I hope it's a good game. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be. It's exciting. Like we're actually getting this year in college football. We're getting some really like week one was really good. Yeah. Like, usually week one's like there's one good game or one decent game, and there's a bunch of like crap. Yeah. You know, and this yeah. year it's like there was five or six really yeah. good matchups, and this week is going to be the same. So, uh, I, I'm really excited. And real quick before we wrap up. Did I did watch? You didn't get to watch it yet. I got yeah. to watch the All Access. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Um, so I was, I thought it was really cool. BV, I like all those that I watched. Like I felt like the first two, like the first one was kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Second one was a little bit better. This one I really liked. Um, it was uh, Emmett Jones and um, Harrington, Justin Harrington. Uh, basically, it was mostly them. BV gave a pretty long speech through in the through part of it. It's like, dude, like that team loves Justin Harrington. Mm-hmm. Like they, that dude's like, I'm cheering for him. I mean, I was always cheering for him, but like now it's like, you can just see a kid that like matured so much yeah. in a short, short amount of time. Um, and like I said, Emmett Jones is that dude. Man. <laughs> like you could just tell, like he, the, the, the vibe I got from like, there's a, they opened the episode, I believe with him doing like a receiver meeting with receivers and all that. And like when they rap, like you can tell it's like they the the amount of respect they already have for him. Because people like I think people forget, like he's he's still new here. Yeah. You know, he can't came here in the, the spring or whatever. And it's like, dude, he's those guys are already like even like Drake and all them were like, like Drake's a senior dude. Right. Drake could easily be like, yo, dude, like I'm a senior, I'm gonna do my thing, whatever. And Drake was like, yo, coach, thanks, appreciate it. You know what I mean? Like was mm-hmm. very going out of his way to show praise to him. Um so I, dude, it's like I'm really, I'm really digging the all access. I'm really cheering for Justin Harrington, um, even probably more so than I was. But it's like the one thing I took away from it is BV is 
he's he's that guy that's I I think he's getting that mentality of having like a whole world like a whole view of the whole field sort of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, it was very very uh, say calculated is it the right word? But he was very precise in how he worded his things when he was talking about Justin and yeah those sorts of things. So if he if you're not watching that, go check it out. It's pretty cool. I think it's awesome that they're doing that. Cool, very very cool. Well, again, if you liked this podcast slash YouTube video. Please subscribe, like, leave a five-star review. It helps us tremendously, and it just makes us feel better about ourselves. So that all is gravy. We would love for you to do that. We are having a great time. We hope you are, too. I'm Daryl. That's my brother, Jared, and we will talk to you guys later. Night, Baker. Cha-ching, ball. And you can unhitch the wagon. Put the ponies in the ball.